should not believe that. Hello, this is Melissa Libby, and you are listening to Mom Treading Water. Prior to being a stay-at-home mom, I had a career in sales. Sometimes it was successful, sometimes it wasn't. But I've now decided that the skills I learned in selling translate into parenting. But before we get started, if this is your first time joining us, thank you and welcome. If you're returning, thank you again. I'm so grateful you decided to come back and share your time with me. Please don't forget to subscribe as well as give a five-star rating. And please join our Facebook group, Mom Treading Water. I'll include the link in the description. Okay, let's get to it. As I said earlier, before I was a stay-at-home mom, I had a career in sales. Probably technically started when I did admissions for an adult degree program, and that went really well. Then I sold medical devices, and that's really where I learned a lot of my core selling and where I made the majority of my selling mistakes. But lesson learned. Then after that, I went on to sell fuel cards to small businesses. So a variety of different selling. You know, I was selling to doctors face-to-face, to adult students face-to-face. And then with the fuel cards, it was over-the-phone selling. But with all of these sales jobs, they all made you do the training and the reading the books and the classes and the dreaded role playing. You observed, you listened to calls, all of that standard sales type learning experiences. But really, I think what you're learning is not necessarily to sell, but you're learning to listen to other people. I think you learn about compromise and really what you kind of need to consider as that win. And really, isn't that just what parenting is? Even just dealing with other people, learning how to be a better person at communicating. It's somewhat all of the same skill set when you really get down and think about it. So if anyone listening has gone through a sales type of class or again, read books, all of those things, you are essentially learning the same steps and process. So let me start by going through a very quick standard sales cycle. They're all a little bit different, but essentially they're the exact same concepts. So when you first start to sell, you're going to meet your client. You're going to start to understand what they do, uh, start trying to identify their needs. Then you're going to see how your product will solve any issues or a need that's not being met. So you go through that process a little bit, but you haven't sold them at that point because you still have to somewhat prove yourself. You have to gain this trust, let them know that you're someone that they can depend on. They're going to let them, you want to let them know that you're their partner. And if you are communicating the right way, You'll start to see any hesitations they might have to move forward, if they have any objections or any questions, because if you haven't gained some of that trust or you haven't identified any of those needs, they are never going to be moving forward. And then at that point, if you've answered all the questions, if you're finding that it's a good match, then you're going to close the sale. Everyone wins. Hooray. Okay, now let's take that same exact cycle and translate it in 
to when you first become a parent. So hooray again, your baby's born or your child has now joined your family. You get to meet your child. You start to understand all of their needs, understand their quirks, signs of when they need something or how they're feeling. Then your next step is going to be you're explaining your so-called product, which is essentially you. You are showing your baby affection and snuggles and you provide them food and you bathe them, clothe them. They're starting to know how you are going to be able to take care of them. And you continue on. They know at that point they can depend on you. They can trust you. And if you're not doing something right or they're not being pleased, that is exactly when they are telling you all of their objections. I think especially in the toddler years, that's when those objections Man, they just come straight at you. No matter what you do, it feels like it's almost impossible to overcome. Now, as parents, we have not even hit the preteen or teenage years. So to all you listeners, when we get to that point, I am sure I'm going to be reaching out to you to find out how you handled all of that. But I think essentially when you start to get those objections from your child, Again, no matter what stage they're at, you might or might not be called in to do some quote unquote incentives or bribery, if you really want to call it that. But one way or another, there has to be a conclusion. There has to be a way that you get that close where you're finding out how do you compromise if you are going to compromise, if they are just going to concede and they're just going to be mad at you at that point. I think it just depends. Now, just to clarify, I am no type of parenting expert, no official training in anything of the sort. I'm just speaking from my own experiences. But sometimes it feels like you're conceding to the kids or you're just giving in. And at that point, it makes me realize that whatever they're requesting, I need to have some type of litmus test. So I try to ask myself, If whatever the kids are asking for, is it something that's unsafe? Is it something that's unhealthy? Or is it something that they're showing disrespect? If it falls into any of those categories, then no go. Usually we'll somewhat put our foot down. But if it doesn't fall into one of those categories, what is the purpose of the battle? Is it the purpose of the battle is you just need to be right? You just need to get your own way, have an adult tantrum? I don't know. And I absolutely 100% have to catch myself on that. One thing I think about is my daughter, Mickey. That little girl, I want to be as cool as she is right now. She's awesome. She is so confident in herself. She's so secure. She knows what she likes. But she has a strong personality and there's no question around it. Now, my little Miss Thing, she is a little fashionista. And she's been dressing herself since she's been about two-ish or so, I guess. So, she loves mismatch. Just like every other toddler loves mismatch. Pants go on backwards. Shoes, not on the right feet. But she is so proud of herself. She's so proud of the accomplishment. 
of getting herself dressed and ready and not needing any help. So again, I have to remind myself, it is impacting health, safety, or respect. It really isn't. So I just have to let it go. She's proud of herself. And why am I going to shatter her confidence just to be right, just to get my own way? Another thing I think about is that both of our kids have been helping us with cooking since they've been pretty small. Again, probably about two years old or so. Now, my kids both want to learn to use a knife, especially Michaela. She's going to do it. She's strong-willed. She's going to do it. So I can either show her the right way to do it, so she reduces her risk of getting hurt, or never be able to leave the room again with the possibility that she's going to pick up a knife. So how we started teaching our kids to use knives was with a butter knife and show them all the little techniques. And we had a picture of it. And oh my goodness gracious, you would have thought that we gave that child a machete. Judgment, judgment, judgment. My child's not in danger. Settle yourself down. It's completely fine. She was proud of herself. Jackson gets proud of himself. They accomplished something. They're not in danger. Their safety is not being compromised. Heck, Michaela has been cracking eggs since she's been two years old. And she can crack an egg probably better than some adults. But there's no doubt my husband and I are definitely stricter than other parents. When Michaela was small, we were going on the boat and she didn't want to wear a life jacket. Oh well, sister, you're not going on the boat. Because that was an issue of safety. So yeah, we had to put our foot down. She wasn't going to get that win. I wasn't going to be able to overcome that objection for her because she wasn't going to get her way. When we have guests over or we're at someone else's house, when we leave, my children need to say thank you. My children need to walk the guest to the door, see if they need any help, even if they don't want to do it, because we're teaching them to be respectful. Michaela is amazing about eating her vegetables. Jackson takes a little more coaxing. The pediatrician gave a great recommendation. You serve the veggies like a first course. So they're eating that first. It's done and out of the way. We try to enforce that because that's affecting their health. So my whole point of that is that it seems as kids get older, and again, our kids are not there yet, it seems like some of that communication stops. It seems like maybe the objection isn't necessarily being heard or I even know now with our kids at this age that sometimes we just don't listen, which again is very important in sales because if you don't listen, you're not finding out their needs, you're not finding out their objections, and you're never going to close them. They're never going to trust you. So I guess to all the other parents out there, how do you make sure you're listening? How do you keep those lines of communication open, handle those objections? Do you keep a similar criteria that if it doesn't affect health, safety, or respect, you somewhat can see to it. So even if it's not a parenting situation, the next time you start to hear or feel those objections from someone else, try to take a step back and stop and listen. Try to understand that different point of view with your kids. See if it really truly meets that criteria of health, safety, or respect. Is this how we're going to teach our children to communicate better? It's hard. I think on some level, even when they're little, to try to have that conversation, to try to get them to express their feelings. 
because there definitely have been times where one of the kids will say something back. It is completely not the reason why I was assuming they didn't want something or they wouldn't do something. Sometimes it can be truly a legitimate reason. So I challenge you this week that when you do hear a different perspective or you're not agreeing with someone or there's an objection, if you have children, same deal, just to stop and listen. Ask questions that are open-ended, asking them to explain their reason why, because it might be eye-opening. It might be a new experience. It might change how everything results in that one situation, or it might even just improve those lines of communication. So really, when you think about it, sales techniques, parenting, or even just human communication skills, they really are kind of the same, aren't they? So I want to thank you for listening today. Again, please subscribe. If you could leave a five-star rating, that would be fantastic. Don't forget to join our Facebook group. And please share this podcast with friends and family. Anyone you think might find it interesting, benefit from it, or, you know, give them a good laugh about me. I'll take it. But until next time, thank you again for listening. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Enjoy the rest of your day.